Hey guys, welcome back to Deeply Superficial. This is episode two. Just to keep something in mind, this has a lot of content. So we might have to split it up into two episodes. The topic of this podcast episode is what is cancel culture and the implications on society today. Yeah, so um, some of like the key questions that we kind of want to tackle today are going to be what exactly is cancel culture? Um, why is it so prevalent in society today? Uh, what are the different mediums or platforms through which cancel culture spreads? And we're also going to be giving some examples of various forms of cancel culture that have happened recently or like in the past. Okay, so what is cancel culture? It's basically where people come together to sort of harm or destroy some influencer's standing or their reputation and just make them less popular than they were before. And like you might be wondering, why are we going into this today? And why is this even a topic of discussion? It's because during this COVID period, people have so much time at home, they don't have much to do, and they sort of get like entertainment, they sort of get like an adrenaline rush from participating in a cancel culture environment. Yeah, so I know, like, especially for me, like, as soon as we were in lockdown and quarantine starting April, like, my usage of, like, social media has, like, spiked, like, crazy. And, like, not, it's not, like, beneficial or, like, I don't think it's harmful, but I know that I personally may have participated in different forms of cancel culture um, indirectly. And I think that's, like, something that most people have. And I think it's really yeah. important to touch on. Yeah. Like, it, it's in several ways that, like, this can happen. Like, for one, you can sort of, like, direct it towards someone's platform and, like, comment. And, like, sort of dislike the video or whatever, right? You can do, like, tangible things. But another thing that I know that I have definitely participated in is just sort of having that, like, thought. Like, saying, oh... He's been in a lot of drama. I think I don't like him now. And sort of, like, spreading that word so people are like, oh. So that sort of promotes cancel culture in, like, a way that you didn't think you were a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're not directly, like, making a TikTok about it or, like, commenting. Even though I know I have been, maybe have been a part of that. But even just having that first thought, like she said, is, is, like, the first step towards becoming part of that cancel culture yeah yeah and I think most people are always like yeah I'm not part of cancel culture I always give people the benefit of doubt but no you don't like it is it is what you you, no you don't no you don't (laughs) like um you think about somebody the way that you've seen them sort of on social media and everybody's very much so willing to give their opinion about somebody and that's I think the basic and the most prominent part of cancel culture, like, although people say that cancel culture is only commenting, only like, only disliking, or only saying stuff, I think the base is just thinking about it because that just sort of ruins everybody's standing because you're not going to watch their video if you think about them badly. Yeah, and I think, like, it's so interesting how a celebrity or influencer or 
like someone who has like a huge following or fan base, they can do one tiny thing like wrong and like you have an entire like fan base, millions of people now telling you that you're so wrong, that you don't deserve your platform, that like so many negative things. And it's like really important to consider that everyone is human at the end of the day and everyone makes mistakes. Um, It's only important that you learn from them and having millions of people attacking you while you're a teenager and you make like one tiny mistake is just insane. Like, for example, like I know that I have definitely said things I should not have said or I've probably crossed the line one too many times. Mm-hmm. And the repercussions of my actions are not that bad. Like, some of my friends would be like, okay, you need to stop. And I'd be like, okay. But, th- for example, look at, like, Addison Ray or, like, Charlie. They make small mistakes or they say one thing wrong. And everybody starts hating on them and coming up with, like, super mean things to say. Yeah. But I think, like, on the other side of that, they know that they have such a huge fan base. And... Especially, like, Charlie D'Amelio, what, she has, like... 90-something. Nine, yeah, close to 100 million followers on TikTok. So many of which are, like, young kids. So, like, it is, they, like, her actions do have such a bigger impact than, like, our actions. Because you have so many people watching you. Like, if she did something wrong, she's a teenager, but you have, like, 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds watching her, like... It's just, I don't know, it's interesting because, like, you want to treat them just like a person, but at the same time, they're they're just broadcasted to so many people that it's just, I think it's hard to find that, like, balance. Yeah, like, people like them are role models to such, like, young people, or even people the same age, they're role models, but then you got to keep in mind that they're also teenagers, they're also learning they're also trying to find a way to act but now they have to walk on like tiptoe they have to like sort of like be super cautious of the way they act because they know that if they make one small misstep their entire thing is ruined and their entire like reputation and basically their entire life because they're teenagers and this matters to them so their entire life is ruined if they make one small mistake yeah um i think like that is like a good segue into like, the different mediums of cancel culture mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about. So, we're definitely going to be talking about TikTok, because that is huge right now, especially with Charlie and Chase, Chase the whole, like... Hype house. Hype, you know, all the different, like, content creator houses that are just popping up everywhere. Um, we're going to go into YouTube, because I think that was definitely, like, the OG, like, platform. Like, I remember how, like, YouTube has changed so drastically yeah. from... When I was, like, seven and eight watching Zoella and, like, Alfie Days and, you know, all of those, like, I was a huge, I'm still a huge, like, British YouTuber person. <laughs> Never been a whole, like, American YouTuber. But also, like, Tyler Oakley, Joey Graceffa, like, that era. And now, when it, who's, like, popular now on YouTube? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I think that YouTube has sort of just gone down because everybody's source of like social media and entertainment is coming from tiktok all the like all the youtube 
content creators are TikTokers. Are TikTokers yeah, now, yeah, and yeah. all their entire platform is now TikTok, and all the sort of cancel culture is directed to their TikTok. So YouTube has basically become obsolete. Nobody uses it. I think. Mm. Uh, I use YouTube, but I also think like all the big YouTubers are like started off as TikTokers, and now they've used their TikTok following to go into YouTube. Like, yeah. you don't see, like, Jake Paul as much anymore. Now you see, like, Thomas or whatever, like, the Hype House people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's so, like, I think that's a really good place to start, like, how it has changed. You know, like, even going back to, like, Jake Paul era and, like, um, what's his name? Logan Paul? No, what's the Asian one? Rice. Rice gum. gum. Rice gum, rice gum. So, like, even going back to, like, the change between, like, Tyler Oakley and, like, Rice Gum, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, like, the all the diss tracks that came from that. Do you remember all of that? Yeah. Like, their entire, like, sort of, like, generation of YouTube and content creators mm-hmm. has sort of gone away. Like, nobody even pays attention to them anymore because it's all about, like, Josh Richards, Bryce Hall, yeah. Chase, Charlie Dixie, all those people. So, it's, like... There's no point, not there's no point, but there's, like, there's not that much cancel culture or even talk about, like, Tyler Oakley and Joey Graceffa because they're sort of, they do have a platform still, but they're not relevant. Yeah, yeah, they're not relevant. And I also think their content was so different. Like, I remember, like, you had a bad day at school or something, and I'd come home and watch, like, hours of Zoella, and you just... You get so happy because none of their content was ever negative, and it was just so happy. Right. Whereas, like, you go into Jake Paul and Rice Gum and their entire living, like, they're millionaires because of like their obviously like they're their profiting content. over. Yeah, they're profiting over like cancel, their diss yeah. tracks, their can cancel culture. Yeah. yeah, and even like today, like Josh Richards, he has his sort of tea talk on his YouTube, where all of his subscribers, all of his sort of following is only for him talking about drama, him sort of getting people to know about the drama and him sort of creating drama himself. And like, I don't know, if you've looked at his sort of like episodes, sorry, not episodes, his like videos, Videos, right? You look at them, you can definitely see that he has like sort of like, Five million views on his tea talk, but like sort of like, why am I saying sort of like so many times? <laughs> but like, two hundred k views on his other videos, so you can see that people oh, are pe- sort of people are only watching watching for people the... are sort of only wanting cancel culture. They're sort of in this mindset, like they only want to know drama. And I think I think this sort of Gen Z sort of TikTok. I think TikTok has just made it easier. It made it easier and made it more, like, interesting. Mm -hmm. Made it more, like, this is something that everybody knows. I need to know the drama. I need to... I need to, like, participate myself. I need to create drama, which is sort of the wrong thing, and it's sort of... It's like a feeling of FOMO on, like, next level, because, you know, there's, like, all the fans just feel like they're missing out, so they need to participate in the drama, otherwise... I don't know, otherwise they'll be cancelled themselves. Right, it's like, this generation had just made 
the negative parts of society become a positive part of society, which is like there's like cancel culture has become something that people want to be part of. It's sort of like oh, yeah. if you're part of cancel culture, you're cool. Yeah. Which is which wrong. Is so wrong. I guess like the thing is when you have millions of fans, um, and like you feel that like you're just one person participating in it, why would it make such a difference? Like how is it affecting the influencer? And they don't realize that like it just proliferates and right, yeah. it gets so big and you have like millions of people ganging up on one person. Like, right, because if one person's doing it, it's insignificant. Okay. You said something mean. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are like millions of people thinking that same thing. And then when a content creator sort of comes to their platform and sees their comments, there's like 7 million hate comments. And of course that's going to make them feel bad. They're going to feel like like they're insignificant. They're going to feel... Not insignificant. They're going to feel like everything's going wrong in their life. And that's not something you want to make other people feel. Yeah, I know there's there's been so many instances like how mental health is so like it's such a big thing in our generation like the importance of and it's so I'm so glad that it is like the importance of having a good mental health but also like all this cancel culture like it really sends people spiraling down a path Mm -hmm. and that they cannot always come back from and it's so scary that that your one comment, your one tweet, your one... Could have been the like, one to just send someone off the yeah. deep end. And, like, going on a really serious note, um, there... Sushant Singh Rajput, he was a a Bollywood actor, I'm sure some of you know, that committed suicide due to this sort of cancel culture community. And it sucks because... He had so much in store for him. Yeah, he had so much to live for. To live for. Physics Olympiad. So he was smart. He got into Stanford. Like, if that wasn't enough, he had so many, like, sort of hit movies. And he was making money. But his name wasn't famous. He wasn't like Shah Rukh Khan. He wasn't like Deepika Padukone. He wasn't like Ali Abad. He didn't have sort of that sort of backing he didn't have family in the business so nobody considered him to be anything important yeah that's that's just awful like and to think about yeah like it's awful because like he was making hit movies but he wasn't accepted because he wasn't part of the clique mm-hmm. and there were so many people who were just telling him to kill himself you're not part of it go away nobody cares about you did we ask no like yeah. there were so many yeah like comments like that or like so many like hate mail that he got and on top of that many actresses and actors would be like Sushant Singh Rajput who's that yeah, they like dismissed him dismissed him being like oh he wasn't he in that movie who is he which sort of that's just and like he didn't do anything to deserve that in my opinion like he didn't put out that type of hate into the exactly. world to be receiving it right like he did nothing. He was, I mean, he was a nice person. He had good movies. He just didn't deserve it, but he got it because he wasn't part of the industry. So then when he committed suicide, people are like, was it suicide or was it indirect murder? Yeah. Oh, wow. That- <laughs> and so that is yeah. like sort of like 
the end result of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, people think that, okay, one comment, what's that going to do? This is what it does. It kills yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, not not always to that extent, but, but yeah. But this is the... But that's the the worst. Like, that's such that's an extreme end that isn't super rare, I it's guess. It's not rare. Um, Some people are stronger. Some people can handle it, be like whatever i need to go on with my life but mm-hmm. obviously you can see that some people can't handle it they need people's approval yeah and just making some making someone feel like killing themselves is the best way to get out of the situation is definitely not the right thing to do no and i think like the com- like now going a full like 180 from that um like an example of when so that was an example when cancel culture really hurt someone but I also think there are times where not necessarily, not necessarily like a person deserves it, but when they bring it upon themselves, and it is necessary to like mm-hmm. bring to light the wrong things that they have done. Like, for example, if we're going into J.K. Rowling. Um, she put out some tweets that were anti-trans, and that was a huge thing. Like. How can someone so... Influential and revered, basically. So, like, if some of you guys don't know, she sent out a bunch of transphobic tweets. She um, refused accepting an award because they supported trans rights. And she was just all around just, like, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic. Basically, so, like, a lot of people that read her books are part of the the LGBTQ community. Like, the Harry Potter fan base is huge. Like, I am a part of that. Like, I love being a part of it. Um, And I think it's really unique what they have done. So, kind of, when she put out those tweets, um, first of all, she was canceled, rightfully so, I definitely, like, right. I don't support her. Um, yes, like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But when you have such a huge following and you know that... She knows that there are people part of the LGBTQ yeah. community that are part of her sort of fan base. And when she said that, so many people got, like... Offended. It, offended. And and rightfully like, so. Right, Rightfully so. But I think the fandom is still kept intact because of, I think, the actors and the actresses. Yeah. Who, like, sort of said, okay, we were part of the movie. We love being part of the movie, but we don't sort of... We don't like what she said, and we don't stand with her. So people are like, okay, the actors aren't part of it, so it's fine. We can still be part of the fandom to support the actors and the characters in the book. Yeah, so kind of what has been done, and I find that really interesting, where people now identify themselves as Harry Potter fans, but not J.K. Rowling fans. And making that differentiation was so crucial and so, I think, amazing because you have these millions of people um, dedicating their hearts to everything that they do is for the books, for um, the movies, and they have like maintained that close-knit community Mm -hmm. and just kicked one person out kicked the owner the person who started out like she of course she created the books and they like the movies and books wouldn't be where they were if it wasn't for her but like 
I don't know. I think it's just interesting how we like you just exclude her. Um, so many of the cast members like um, have, openly have openly, openly have, like, been like, I don't support J.K. Rowling. Um, I know she was writing a new book and like her publisher like dropped her. Um, like people have been like, of course we appreciate what she's done for the sort of the community for the sort of fandom, right? Yeah, they appreciate it. Because without her, it would wouldn't never, even exist. It wouldn't exist. But they say we don't stand for what you believe in, but we cannot deny that you created one of the biggest or the best masterpieces in the world. Yeah, and I think that's one like situation that I think we should like further discuss. Like fandoms, a fandom can promote cancel culture um, and be the problem. And then a fandom can also be a buffer for cancel culture. Right, they can defend the creator. They can be like, what are you saying? Yeah. This is definitely wrong. But they can all... See, a fandom can help the create help a creator, help like sort of a group. But they, they can also... Attack another attack group. Attack another group. So it's like a fine line between being respectful and like respecting other groups and just making them feel terrible yeah that's and then like going into that another example kendall jenner Mm -hmm. famous the infamous pepsi commercial um if you guys don't haven't seen the pepsi commercial um it's basically she i think if i remember correctly there was a line of um police or there was some sort of mob uh, of African-American people, yeah. and she gave the Pepsi to the police and was like, now everything's okay. Like, you can, like, right? Right, yeah, like, it's like, basically this ad was like a bunch of people came, like, a bunch of people were, like, mobbing against the police. It was shown in this video, and Kendall Jenner sort of came and gave the Pepsi to the police saying, no need to worry now. Yeah. And it, it obviously, it just made the African-American people look like in, yeah, a, in a wrong light. It just light. disregarded yeah. police brutality as a whole. And it made it seem like what they were doing was correct. Yeah, and I think she she got a ton of hate for it. Like, this was a big thing. And, like, it was the ad itself, whoever put that together. Um, I feel like her team should have known um, the message and everything, and there should have been so many red flags, but even if there wasn't, she got so much hate for it, um, and it was really interesting how the whole dynamic worked, because it was almost as if the entire world was coming for her neck, but at the same time, the Kardashian, like, um, Kardashian, Kendall Jenner fandom painted her as, like, the victim in the whole thing, and that, like, it wasn't her fault. She didn't know about this. She So they really, like, supported her and kind of, like... Made it go away. Made the problem go away. Yeah. So, like, her modeling career wasn't hurt at all. At all. Her, um, like, it's not like she lost a ton of money. Like, her Pepsi commercial, commercial like, she still made a ton of money off of it. Like, And, like, even um, the Pepsi, mm-hmm. the company, came out saying, this was clearly not our intention. We just wanted to promote... Um, a message of like peace, unity, happiness, and obviously it was misunderstood. 
But I mean, just saying those words isn't going to change it's the fact enough. that yeah. your ad definitely, like, made police brutality seem like and not that bad of a thing. Yeah, it, made, it like, made it seem so not a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it made, it made Kendall and that. It made it seem like other Pepsi commercials where it's like, oh, you got something spilled on your shirt? Drink Pepsi. It'll be okay. Yeah. It just sort of trivialized this whole problem. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's literally the right word for it. (laughs) It trivialized the entire thing. Um, And it also made her seem so privileged. Right. uh, Which, like, there's no doubting that she is, but I think it just, like, heightened that sense of privilege um, between her and, like, the rest of the people Mm -hmm. in that ad. Um, Let's see. What should we go into next? Um, I think... Oh, I think... Do you want to talk about the whole James Charles... Okay, I'll talk about situation. Right, so... so, Okay, let's, like, sort of start off by saying... Like, I don't want to go in too much depth, but... Yeah, we're just giving, like, examples, because there's so many, and I feel like... There's so many. It's important to relate each one need, And I think it's important for people to know how cancel culture has sort of... Divided. Divided these people and sort of created drama and made it worse than it had to be yeah much more worse so basically this sort of james tati sort of mess like the whole beauty community so they're apparently they were both such good friends at the beginning and so tati has a hair vitamin called a, a, a brand of like hair vitamin gummies called Halo. Mm-hmm. That's her brand. And the main competitor of her brand is Sugar Bear Hair. And since Tati and James were such close friends, Tati sort of expected that James would support her brand instead of Sugar Bear Hair. Mm-hmm. But during this whole like Coachella and yeah, sort of Coachella is where it started. Um she, he, sorry, he asked Sugar Bear Hair, no, Sugar Bear Hair came to him and offered a VIP spot for James if he sort of promoted their brand, if he sort of voiced for them, which he did because he was wanting He was, a like, v- desperate for a yeah. ticket, so, like, yeah, so he took, he, like, took the opportunity, did the sugar bear hair thing or whatever um thought nothing of it next morning um i don't think it was the next morning or after that weekend after that weekend Um, yeah tati came tati released a video called bye sisters where she was like explaining how how like terrible of a person james was talking about how james should have supported tati in her halo business instead of endorsing sugar bear hair because all of because Tati's viewers and Jane's viewers are pretty much the same because they were so close so if James endorsed um a brand all of his viewers would go to let's say sugar bear hair because he endorsed them and that would take away from Tati's business right yeah so she was upset about that i mean rightfully so and she also started spreading allegations that 
James hits on straight people and sort of just defaming him. Yeah, I think it, like, the thing about, like, the important thing about this whole experience was, so it was like, uh, like, she put a video out, then he put a video out, then she put a video out, then he put a video out. Like, it was like a back and forth kind of thing. Right. And it turned from, like, yeah, he accidentally did something, like, super minor, maybe it hurt your brand, like, say sorry, move on, into, like, like, it, personally it attacking each right. other. And I, like, and it didn't help that all of it was on YouTube, on YouTube. for millions and millions and millions of people to see, and they literally all just, like, you literally could see a divide where fans just, like, took sides. Took and sides, yes. And then... Without knowing the true story, they literally just start attacking the other person. And it's just so... I don't know. It's, it's and, like, on top of that, it wasn't just between the creators. There was a sort of, like, trend where, where like, it was, like, oh God, Tati yeah, was, and James... It was trending um, on Twitter for so Subscriber long. So countdown. Funny. Or, like, subscriber count. Where it would be a video of an actual live count of the subscribers between James really? and Tati. Yeah. And you would just see James' following just go all the way down and Tati skyrocket. Oh, my God. And it was, like, everybody would watch. And it, their videos and sort of, like, the James and Tati explained kind yeah, of videos yeah. were, like, number one trending, number two trending for, like, the longest time. That's crazy. I didn't know about that. And the, a thing that should have been handled personally because it was such a minor mistake. He just wanted to get out of being attacked at Coachella. Yeah. I think, like... Sort of blew up in his face. Like, if... Like, I think the key or, like, the main message from all of these different experiences is that you have to keep your private life private and you have to handle mm-hmm. problems that you have with someone else on your own like private like it should never come to that point where you need to broadcast it to millions of people if you can't solve it on your own because like you know like so many influencers like they know the repercussions of their actions they know what's going to happen when they put that video out when they put that tweet out um when they like openly call out someone in front of so many people and i think that just like promotes the whole cancel culture because it's that sort of like group mentality like fans idolize a certain person and they follow that certain person so if you if you see someone that you love bashing someone else on the internet you're gonna do the same thing exactly yeah like they're just promoting that same cancel culture that ends up hurting them i think it's like a full like circle circle yeah yeah um, hmm. next we're going to the whole Stan Twitter. I think, Bianca, you have a oh, better sort of understanding about this. Twitter, where do you start? Twitter is an interesting platform um, that's definitely gotten so toxic. Like, the original kind of sort of purpose that Twitter was used for was generating a huge group of people um to fight against certain social injustices or like against like good for good causes and it just banded so many people together and now it's just taken a turn for the worst with stan twitter and stan twitter is when you have 
okay, so stands. Do you want to explain what stands are? Um, basically, stands, um, they're just people who support or they're like diehard fans yeah, the, of some group. Yeah, the diehard part is <laughs> crucial. Like, stands like, are so much more than just a fan. Like, you idolize this person with your whole life like to the point where you you're literally a stalk you yeah. stalk them and attack people who even have like if they even say something against like say for one direction I, i'm just gonna use that as an example oh, man. okay like if they say yeah one direction's a little bit overhyped these stands would come and attack them and make them feel so bad for even having that opinion or for even thinking that yeah they're they're in a sense blinded by yes. their their favorite celebrity like this person, they idolize this person to such an extent where this person... Is like a god. It's like a god. They're always right. And you, they take everything that they say. They support them 100%. Like, no matter what they do, even if they know it's wrong, yeah. they'll, like, sort of justify it. They'll say, yeah, well, they, they were stressed. Exactly. They justify the wrong action. That's where I feel like it's just gotten too far. Yeah. And Stan Twitter is has become such, like, a thing. Like, Stan Twitter spreads something in the blink of an eye. They can gang up on one person so easily. And that's, like, so bad about social media because social media is just a place where you can connect with others and voice your opinion. It is not somewhere or, like, a place where you can get attacked for your opinion. You can get, like, sort of beaten down by some sort of, like, fan base or a stand base. And, like, nobody should be afraid to voice their opinion feeling like somebody's going to come at them and make them feel worse for having that opinion. You should never be in doubt whether or not your opinion is right. I think it's your opinion. You, yeah. You have the right to your own opinion. You should never feel afraid to voice it. And you should never feel like you should just have somebody else's opinion so you can prevent being so you can prevent anybody from coming at you. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Which is basically what social media has come to. People are just sort of having the popular opinion so that they're protected. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong. Yeah. No, everything they say, hundred percent. Yeah. Like I agree with that hundred percent. Um, okay, so I did a little research last night, so I'm gonna give everyone like a brief rundown, like uh, a course, if you will, of Twitter and the different groups that form and just kind of the whole, like, how do you call it? Like the the way things run. Because yeah. it's like a very specific way that things run. So this is, I only learned recently, like, so I'll try to explain it to the best of my ability. But Twitter has two groups. There are in-groups and out-groups. In-groups are a tight group of people like a community of people that have uh, similar interests. And outgroups are all the people who don't fit into the in-group because they're ostracized for having a different opinion. Now, Stan Twitter is the biggest in-group. And they ostracize everyone that doesn't think the same way that they think. And that, like, that had a good original intention like not the whole ostracizing part. Yeah. But like for people to come together so and that have the same opinion. So it sort of feels like a community. But now yeah. it's sort of like an elite circle of Yeah, elite, it's become elitist. Like, like elitist, yeah. You can't 
if you even think a little differently, yeah. like, you're out. Like, you're not a part of the group. And they will make you feel, like, so unimportant and, like... And that is why it comes back to the point that I said before, that this sort of Stan Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. This sort of elite group is getting so much bigger because people are just joining because they're afraid that if they have a difference in opinion, they're just going to be crushed and they're going to be, like, ostracized. Yeah. And that's that's sort of... This sort of cult. I think it's a cult. Mm-hmm. Because... It literally is. Like, I guess you could think I, of it as a cult. Because, I mean, I I think that, in essence, this sort of stand Twitter is good. It's like, it's a community. It had a good original intention. Intention, But yes. it developed into something that no one ever thought it would Exactly. And now it's sort of like brainwashing. It's literally, like, yeah, it's a monster. It's brainwashing a bunch of people to just join. And people are doing it in fear that they will be ostracized and kicked out of the community. Yeah, that that, that same, like, FOMO coming yes. into play. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what FOMO is, it's the fear of missing out, by the way. <laughs> just, I don't know. I, <laughs> to clarify. Just to clarify, people would be like, what is, what are they talking about, FOMO? It's not a word. Okay. Um, so, one of the things I was also reading about is this idea of groupthink. So, mm-hmm. groupthink is when in-groups and out-groups come together um, and they, like, they appear united despite any individual differences that they have. And this is kind of like the best case scenario. This is when... Which means it rarely happens. Yeah, this rarely happens. This is, this is like the ideal thing that would happen where people come together despite differences and fight for a cause and everything works and everything's good and dandy and Mm -hmm. this doesn't normally happen but i didn't know there was a name for it but it's called groupthink um if you guys want to learn more about it there's so many resources online about it um i really recommend like just reading about it it's super interesting because it's like setting aside your difference in beliefs to just come together for a common goal which is like the best case scenario for anything like yeah. Getting people to come together, which is, which was the intention of social yeah, media. Exactly. But it rarely happens, and that means that cancel culture has become so prominent that people just feel so divided that they cannot come together. So groupthink is just, is like essentially gone. So like moving away from cancel culture. I think let's talk about some benefits or yeah. good things about social media. Yeah, so I'm really excited to, to talk about this because, um, yeah, I have definitely seen a lot of the benefits. Um, being in a fandom. Okay, so a fandom, everyone probably knows what a fandom is. Um, it's, like, I personally... Um, I'm part of a giant One Direction fandom, um, love the whole band, like, and I think it's just been such an experience as a whole, because not only, like, have, have I met so many people who, like, love a band and their music as much as I do, but I have personally made, like, you just make so many friends. Like, I've made so many friends mm-hmm. through Twitter. Now I've made a few friends through TikTok. And it's just really cool because, like, 
my obsession with this band is not something that I can talk about with a lot of my friends because they don't share the same interests in these things like I do. So it's it's hard to ex- like explain everything to them. So it's right. it's really nice when you have a friend that you've made that just loves something as much as you do and you can like talk about it and right because like when you're talking to your friends like that you did make online Mm -hmm. they'll be appreciative they'll listen they'll be like okay that's new but they won't be able to have a conversation yeah they won't understand it like they won't be able to add to the conversation be like i agree with this and this is why they'll always be like oh that's cool which is which is nice you want to know that people are listening to you but you also want to like know that you can have you can have a conversation with you can be like you can have like the same level of enthusiasm about yeah the exactly topic. that enthusiasm is is the essential part to the conversation where like when i if I talked about something um about the band to my friends that aren't as big of like a like aren't followers um they like their music but they're not like like following i don't know all the drama the drama all the, all the updates all, all the, the exactly the new things it's just like it feels like a very one-sided conversation. Right, like, if... Like, me like, and Maitri talking. <laughs> well, yes, because... Just, <laughs> there's no need for that. But, but... But, like, small things that are probably so significant to, like, the timeline of a group yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. the timeline or something that might have changed or something that's so, like, Oh, my God, revolutionary. the like... Right? The infamous, <laughs> oh, my God. Like... She will explain to me something that is probably so significant. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah. And she'll get, like, upset. Like, why aren't you understanding how big <laughs> this is? I'm like, because I never understood I why they stopped liking it's each other. Exactly. Like, it literally, the biggest thing that happened maybe a few weeks ago was um, Louis Tomlinson liking, liking an Instagram post by Zayn. The and, daughter one, right? Yeah, and that one. was the biggest thing ever to the entire fandom. But, like, to I, like, understand, like, to any outsider, they'd be like, it's right. literally just a like Like, Bianca told me, she's like, she she called me, she's like, did you see? Um, <laughs> oh, my Louis God. Louis liked Zane's post. And I was like, okay. Well, <laughs> I was like, don't they all? She goes, how can you not understand? <laughs> and then she was like explaining to me the whole backstory. I was like, now that I understand the backstory, it is pretty revolutionary. But to people who don't know, this just seems like a normal everyday thing. Yeah. That's why I think like the power of fandoms, like it's just, it's such a cool experience to be part of something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you know you're like artist or whoever you're following, like really appreciates you guys and stuff like that, I think that's just... It It makes you guys even closer. So that's, like, one of the... doesn't have to really do with cancel culture, but pop culture in general. Right. Like, it, like we talked a lot about the downsides of social media. So yeah. it was important to say that social media is still good. You shouldn't just boycott it, but yeah, you I need think to be aware of these of things. The, of the negatives. Right. And, yeah. And, like, the dangers. I think, like... This experience, especially being in a fandom, kind of goes back to the original purpose of social media. To come together, find people of like interest, just be a community. But I think sort of as time went on, people started taking that in a negative way, saying, Yeah. You are wrong, I'm right, which which is wrong. But everybody needs to remember, everybody needs to remember that 
social media is supposed to be a good thing, and you need to remember that. Please be respectful of other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a new sort of movement or, like, a new type of culture that people are trying to promote. Yeah, and we, both of us, are heavily promoting that <laughs> all of you guys do this. and Right. So this is called context culture, where it's like, yes, you can, you can still, like, sort of bash people for saying wrong things. You can sort of make them realize what they've done is wrong. But make sure you also give them the opportunity to grow and, and become learn, better people. And learn from them. Learn from their mistakes. Right, because in cancel culture, you say, okay, what you've done is wrong. We're going to take apart everything you've worked so hard to build and just leave you there. But context culture, on the other hand, is saying, okay, we understand you've worked hard. You made a you made a mistake. mistake. And we want you to know the mistake so you can learn from it and get better. Yeah, and I think it's important to let them know that they have made a mistake because if you kind of do the full three, like the opposite of cancel culture and just you don't tell anyone that they're like making mistakes mm-hmm. and you you agree with every like that's just so bad because you're condoning negative actions that people have right. done. You need to let them know Grow. that yeah, you need to let them know that what they've done is not right, not accepted in society and they need to change. But then you give them that space to change and that time to, like, reflect on what they've done. But you need to keep in mind that letting them grow is not the same as just letting it go. Yeah. You need to make sure they know that they need to fix themselves and say, instead of saying, here's another chance. Take it. Do what you want with it. You need to let them know that if they sort of revert back to this behavior, it is going to be, I guess, cancel culture now. Contest culture is just cancel culture, but with an extra chance. Exactly. And that chance is so important because people need to know that they cannot keep making mistakes, but we're willing to let them fix it. Yeah, I think that's just a crucial part. And once again, we urge everyone to kind of make this transition. And yeah, I guess guess this is not going to be two episodes. I think we just extended this episode by like about 10 to... 15 minutes yeah but i think i think i this think wraps. i think that's it so, um thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this and we'll be coming out with another episode shortly yeah oh oh one last thing if you anyone would like an episode with me she's so fully excited explaining the entire one direction fandom and every little thing that's happening if anyone's interested whatsoever just let us know um and I would absolutely love to do that, too. So, yeah, um, I think that's it. Yep, that's it.